0: Okay, I'm going to try and cut this. Yeah, so I got some mooch in each.
1: Well, sounds tasteful.
0: Um, I, I had to cycle to Catford. There's not an abundance of Moldovan supermarkets in London, so <laughs> what did you get to try?
1: Well, I managed to get hold only of Moldovan wine, um, and I got some white wine, and mm. it's quite nice, yeah.
0: It's got me in the mood. So... Welcome to the 10 Minutes podcast series of the Post-Soviet Press Pod. I am Alistair and I'm joined by Christina. Hello. And we're both editorial assistants at the Post-Soviet Press Group, a news discussion group at the School of Slavonic and East European Studies at UCL, otherwise known as CIS. a press group, We focus on the current affairs of the countries of the former Soviet Union, so that's 15 in total.
1: In each episode of this series, we will be focusing on one of these 15 countries in detail to give you all the basics you need to know. We will discuss language, culture, history and the biggest news stories affecting the country today. And we will not take more than 10 minutes-ish for each episode.
0: So... This week we're starting the series with Moldova, an interesting nation which suffered through history as a cross-path of cultures and nations, often labelled as Europe's poorest country, marked by the frozen conflict of Transnistria and currently experiencing challenges between reformists and conservatives amidst the pandemic struggles.
1: Um, Did you know that Moldovan wine was really popular as well? Moldova is home to Milet the largest wine cellar in the world, stretching around 250 kilometres. Also, rumour has it that Putin keeps his wine in the second largest wine cellar in Moldova, in Krikova Wine is so ingrained in Moldovan culture that they even celebrate a National Wine Day in October.
0: And nowadays, a large part of Moldovans engage in home produce of wine or homemade plum brandy, which is very interesting.
1: And if I was in Chisinau, what traditional dish could I try along the Moldovan wine?
0: Well, the muchenich are a traditional dessert used for the celebration of the 40 martyrs on the 9th of March each year. Moldovans celebrate the Roman soldiers who were executed for refusing to apostatize their Christian beliefs. The mucinich are a traditional dessert for this celebration, um, and I can best describe them as a sweet bagel in the shape of a figure eight.
1: Sounds delicious.
0: It is, but let's crack on with the rest of the episode.
1: So let's start with the basics. What does every beginner in all things Moldova needs to be aware of?
0: Okay, so, Moldova is a landlocked country in Eastern Europe situated between Romania and Ukraine. Its location is significant as historically it was part of the Soviet Union and culturally, the language Moldovan is considered linguistically identical to Romanian. Nevertheless, Moldova is very much its own country with its own history and culture. It has a population of just over 3.5 million, excluding the population of the breakaway region of Transnistria of around 520,000. Ethnically, the population of Moldova is 75% Moldovan, with ethnic minorities including Ukrainians, Russians, Bulgarians, Roma and Gagauz, a religiously orthodox and Turkic-speaking people.
1: And what about your Moldovan language skills? Do you have any words of wisdom?
0: Indeed, I do. In Moldova, they say Multivad Putini Observa.
1: And what does that mean?
0: It literally means many see, few notice. Maybe this explains why many people seem to know very little about Moldova. It has been described as Europe's best-kept secret. We've all heard of Moldova, but how many of us actually notice what's going on there?
1: But if the language is considered to be identical to Romanian, then why is it called Moldovan?
0: Well, Moldova has a complicated history. During Soviet times, Moldova was known as the Moldavian Soviet Socialist Republic. And during this time, Moldovan adopted the Cyrillic alphabet to make the language more distinct from that of Romania, which of course was not a member of the Soviet Union. After the collapse of the USSR, the Latin alphabet has since been readopted, and the Moldovan parliament has recognized that Moldovan and Romanian are effectively similar. Although Moldovan speakers do have a very distinctive accent.
1: That makes sense. What else can you tell us about Moldovan culture?
0: Well... This week, our cultural focus is on music and the musical legends Moldova has produced over the years, some of whom you will all be familiar with, but you may have never even realized were Moldovan.
1: I'm listening.
0: I want you to cast your mind back to summer 2004. The sun was shining, school had finished for the holidays, nobody was wearing masks and no one had ever heard of coronavirus. On the radio, number three in the UK top 40, number one in over 27 countries across the world, officially one of the best-selling singles of all time. It is, of course, Dragostad in Day by Kishinaab boy band trio Ozone.
1: Are you not going to sing it for us?
0: I think we were trying to find out if UCL has a license to play registered music, but I don't know how far we actually got with that. (laughs) However, it's not all boy bands and Eurodance. In fact, one of Moldova's most famous cultural figures is Eugene Dogger, the musician and composer. Born in 1937, he has a career spanning decades, composing all sorts of different music. Perhaps his most famous work is called Waltz, and this was used in the Soviet film A Hunting Accident, also known as My Sweet and Tender Breast. There is a famous scene in this film of a waltz at a wedding, which is available on YouTube to watch. The scene was so popular that the waltz would be played at many weddings in the Soviet Union after this film was released. Ronald Reagan called it the waltz of the century, so it must be good.
1: So Moldova may be small, but it's not short of musical icons.
0: It definitely isn't, but that's enough culture for one day. Tell me about Moldova's history. Where did it all start? That's
1: a very interesting question. Both Moldovans and Romanians originate from the Dacian tribes that inhabited these regions before and during the Roman Empire and the Byzantine Empire. The daco Romanian territory was subject to many invasions and influences. It was ruled over by the Bulgarian Empire and the Hungarian Empire. It was also subject to Mongol, Tatar, Kievan Rus and Pecheneg raids. Specifically, the concept of the Moldovan entity goes back to the 14th century, when the Principality of Moldavia became independent from Hungarian rule until the invasion of the Ottoman Empire. In 1812, as a result of international disputes, the region of Bessarabia became part of the Russian Empire.
0: So, this is why there are Russian, Ukrainian, Bulgarian and Gagauz minorities in Moldova. Gagauz refers to the Turkic-speaking Bezarabian Christians. Also, in 1918, Bezarabia became part of Romania as an autonomous region, however, it was treated more like a colony. The large Jewish and Roma populations in Bessarabia especially suffered as a result of anti-Semitism and fascism, which spread across Europe, eventually resulting in the Holocaust. But when did Moldova actually become part of the Soviet Union?
1: The Moldavian Autonomous Soviet Socialist Republic was established in 1924 as an autonomous region of the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic, but this territory had never actually been part of Bessarabia or Moldova it covered what we now know as Transnistria. In 1940, part of this autonomous region were merged with some parts of Bessarabia, which was annexed from Romania. Thus, the Moldavian Soviet Socialist Republic was officially established as a part of the USSR.
0: Pretty straightforward, though.
1: Indeed. Um, But tell me, what has happened in Moldova since the collapse of the USSR and gaining independence?
0: Well, the biggest challenge Moldova faced after 1991 was one of identity. The country became divided between Moldovan nationalists, Romanian nationalists, and those who wanted to remain in the Soviet Union. As a result of these divisions, after 1991, Gagauzia in the south and Transnistria in the east declared themselves independent, mainly in defence to increasing Moldovan nationalism. We may explore how these breakaway regions pursued independence in future episodes.
1: And what about today? Is the country still divided?
0: Moldova has definitely undergone a massive political and socio cultural transformation over the past 30 years, and there have been significant achievements in stabilizing the region and establishing democratic elections. Gagauzia is recognized as an autonomous region of Moldova, whereas Transnistria is described as a breakaway region. Officially, no UN member states recognize Transnistria's sovereignty, and so it is considered a part of Moldova. Transnistria's independence is only recognised officially by Abkhazia, the Republic of Artsakh, and South Ossetia, states which also share limited international recognition in their claims for independence. So exactly what the future will look like in these areas remains uncertain. Recently, however, Moldova elected its first female president, Maya Sandu, who had previously led mass anti-government protests. Can you tell us more about what happened here?
1: That's right. In December 2020, around 20,000 Moldovans took to the streets, headed by the oppositional parties in the government, because the parliament was trying to restrain the power of the president. And this remains an ongoing issue. The problem is that the president, Maya Sandu, is from the opposition, and the parliament is dominated by pro-Russian and socialist parties, who attempt to keep the status quo. After several bills passed in parliament, That limited the president's control over the intelligence services. Moldovans demanded resignation of their government. Since 1992, the country has oscillated between being strongly parliamentary and strongly presidential. In each case, either the prime minister or president being most powerful.
0: And what happened afterwards? Did the pandemic not influence public gatherings and behaviour?
1: Yes, to a certain extent. Currently, the pandemic is impacting very negatively on life in Moldova as there are many cases but few restrictions because of the poor economy. Some protests continue. For example, demonstrations against the detention of Navalny took place recently. Civil activism is developing in Moldova, as shown by the most recent elections, in which there was growing support for the pro-European and anti-corruption candidate. Also, one of the most powerful oligarchs and ex chairman of the Democratic Party of Moldova, Vlad Plahotniuc, fled the country in 2019. However, he still owns most things in Moldova, and it is very difficult not to use things owned by him.
0: But the parliament is still dominated by Igor Dodin, the leader of the pro-Russian and socialist government, which came out of a split in the unreformed Moldovan Communist Party of Vladimir Voronin, and its members have been involved in a number of corruption scandals. They are currently also attempting to relaunch Russian propaganda channels in Moldova, which were banned after the information war between Ukraine and Russia in 2018.
1: It is critical for Moldova since 2014, when three Moldovan banks were robbed of about $1 billion, which amounts to one-eighth of the GDP of the country. This scandal hindered progress that had been achieved beforehand in terms of European integration and democracy building. Moldova's land and climate are very fertile and the country's economy is based mainly on agriculture, but it is very difficult to compensate for the economic losses from the last decade and the corruption schemes. However, hopefully things will start to improve in the future. It is worth pointing out that Romania has made it very easy for Moldovans to acquire Romanian and thus EU citizenship, so many Moldovans have left to work in the EU as a result.
0: Well, this has definitely been an informative 10 minutes, but we have sadly run out of time. Thank you to everyone who helped in putting this episode together, especially Dr. Rasmus Nielsen and Dr. Daniel Brett. Hopefully you found it interesting and may even considering visiting Moldova one day once we are allowed to travel and have fun again.
1: Yes, I definitely would. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye.
0: Bye, guys.